Are you ready for the end of the world? <clears throat> I wasn't. Are you ready for the end of the world? <laughs> that wasn't much better. That was closer. It's <laughs> just like, um, I'm not ready. Are you ready, 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 man? Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit with Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are live and local in virosocial talk. Shall we talk about the environment? Yes, we could talk about, about the enviro and the social. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it kind of goes together. Let's see what we Sometimes. got. Sometimes. Hold up for the news. First of all, if you like what we talk about, you can listen to us again at yourcommunityspirit.org. And if you would like to be on the air yourself, you can email us, info at yourcommunityspirit.org, and tell us of happenings, kudos, Nowadays, you can even send money via email. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, please do so and participate in our, well, your community. I guess your community is our community. The news. Occupy everywhere. While some people would jump for joy at getting free publicity, others are not too thrilled with the multi-million dollar comment industry cashing in on Occupy. Huh. They're coming out with a series of comics. Yeah. Huh. Well, there's this new underdog hero, right, a genre. So I would... It makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, Occupy Comics. <laughs> yeah, so... I haven't seen the comics in question. I would, I'd want to see them first before coming to any conclusions. You know, um, the new set of comics are... One is set up with the 1% trying to make the world better... And one with the 99% trying to regain power. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know yeah. if either of those make logical sense. <laughs> so they're kind of flipping it on its end, huh? Yeah. That does sound funny, though. So, But anyway, DC Comics Occupy <laughs> movement. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I, DC, that's interesting. So it's mainstream comics. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I was thinking more like indie comics. No, you know? this is multi-million dollar mainstream <laughs> comics. Yeah, I could see them calling that into question then. I mean, because even then, if it ends up being a pretty decent exploration, they're still pretty much doing it just to make a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> just like... So... Um, you can go ahead and go with this next one. I'll get the one after right. that. <laughs> Three different U.S. states are fighting to put climate change denial in their textbooks in order to promote what they call, quote, a balanced view, unquote, of global warming. The states of Oklahoma, Colorado, and Arizona have bills ready to go. I don't have... I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah. Balanced view. <laughs> yeah, I mean... What are the, science is not about balance. Ba science is about facts. Yeah, science is about finding facts. And, you know, it's... I mean... You know, my, my view on some things, not necessarily this particular topic, but if you want to teach what science teaches and then also teach non-scientific perspectives, you know, maybe there's a place for that. But if you're trying to say what science teaches, you can't say, well, 
well, well, well, let's mention this thing that science doesn't teach and this thing that science does teach in the same classroom. Like, it doesn't work that way. It's like, um, I don't know, if you're teaching math and you're like, you know, these people believe that 2 plus 2 equals 5. These people believe that 2 plus 2 equals 4. That's exactly you what they're doing. You can choose whichever you prefer. <laughs> if you would like to read the article, ecowatch.org slash 2013 slash climate change denial schools. Yes. Uh, and I'm experiencing technical difficulties over here again, okay. so go go with one more, and hopefully I'll have it resolved. <laughs> um, I hope you are all able to watch or listen or at, get a synopsis of President Obama's inspiring State of the Union address on Tuesday night. Once again, I repeat that, once again, the president emphatically committed his administrations to responding to the threat of climate change. Now, he said it last time... But nothing happened. So once again, he said it, and let's see what's something happened, right? <laughs> yeah. So here's a quote. Quote, if Congress won't act soon to protect future generations, I will. Did he, I don't know, did he pound it? Pound <laughs> um, on the podium as yeah. he's speaking. So the president's leadership is key, but we must all be engaged in order to make this commitment real. Together we must stand up for reality, just as the president has. Now there's an, um, a new interesting website called Reality Drop. In two weeks, the official rollout of Reality Drop, the new website for responding to climate change denial. Reality Drop features daily changing articles from all over the web that includes false or misleading statements about climate change. Hmm. And it's really easy for you to rebut the falsehoods and stand up for denial. I mean, you can respond to the article's comment stream with the real facts and help change the conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I've seen the, the beta version of it. I'm looking forward to the actual full version. It gives so you, like, some, a suggested thing to post, and it gives you, like, you know, it, it sort of streamlines the process, make it easy for you to do right. that. Right. I mean, you can, and then if you want to, you can just go and look at you know, all of the common um, falsehoods. Yeah. And see, you know, the science behind the real truth. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it reminded me of like a, a similar concept to skeptical science, you know, because skeptical science, that website has all of the climate myths. Right. But then this allows you to interact and say like, okay, they posted a climate myth. Now I'm going to post something that has a link to the scientific facts on the matter. Right. And that's exactly what it does. And it synopsizes it, you know, yeah. into, um, you know, 140 characters. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. so you, you, ha you have the 140 characters with a little link at the end that goes to the very detailed information if you want. Yeah. So that's the amazing thing. How do you squeeze a whole scientific argument into 140 characters? <laughs> so yeah. reality drop, you can go and register there now. And it will be, um, you know, the official rollout will be the end of the month. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, and I've actually got access to the news now. So let's go to some more of the news. Tapped into the world. Yes. Yeah, Elon Musk. I've heard of this guy. I, I thought you would like to read this one. <laughs> yeah. See, that's what my my phone was waiting until we got to the story that I wanted to read. You know, uh, you gotta love Elon Musk. Here's a guy who's not just who's not going to take crap from anyone, even the New York Times. When John Broder reviewed the car and said it didn't go the distance, Musk had secret logs that said Broder didn't fully charge it and took a detour. 
Take that, gray lady. So, yeah, it's uh, the New York Times Model S review was apparently fake, according to the Tesla CEO. Well, I mean, the thing is, is it actually has data logging on the car. Yeah. And if you own the car, you can turn it off. Yeah. But they have now started to just basically leave the data logging on anytime they, you know, let the media borrow a car. Yeah, so that way they know if someone does these these boneheaded things like it right. describes. So basically now they just sell the car with the data logging on. Yeah. And then you can have it turned off when you once you buy the car. <laughs> yeah. And um apparently um it's I mean there it's been going back and forth now. Um they wrote an article that said it you know in cold weather it won't go very far. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. that's the truth. It won't go as far because batteries cannot hold a charge as much. Yeah. Um but you know, he just made a the New York Times made a really bad article. <laughs> yeah. And then um, now, of course, the author of it um, is disputing. <laughs> yeah. Know, he's saying. So now they're going to fight over right, the details. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> saying that. Well, you're talking about um, standard charger. I bought. I bought like the super duper charger, and you know, it was supposed to charge it in time. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. You know, if, if if the car was never charged up completely, of course, it's not going to go as far. Yeah. I mean, that's a simple <laughs> fact. So. Yeah. Well, it's good that they had the data to sort of test it. Because I've, I've heard plenty of positive reviews of the Tesla, uh, of Tesla's cars. I mean, you know, I know I was first interested in them because they were an eco, you know, you know, electric powered car. And, you know, they were going for the really stylish route. But they've, I've, I've read a lot of positive reviews of people who had no connection with Tesla. So. Well, I mean, um, Consumer Reports just did one where they secretly bought a car. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, completely and totally secretly. I mean, the media is different. They're like, okay, you could give them the one that's like top notch. Yeah. You know? But Consumer Reports, yeah, they sneak in there and buy yeah. one. And yeah. then <laughs> Consumer Reports bought one secretly and they've released like preliminary data online. I haven't actually read the, you know, the paper version yet. Yeah. That, um, you know, how detail, you know, cause they do a very detailed test, but they've given it glowing reviews in the preliminary information online. So, yeah. Um, all right. Do you like beer? <laughs> well, beer brewers are joining force to fight fracking. Larry Bennett, who operates brewery Omnigang in Copperstown, New York, which we don't mind saying makes some very good beer, <laughs> has some serious real talk for the state about fracking and its potential impacts. For beer, I don't know if you knew this, but the biggest ingredient is water. So <laughs> yeah. instead of drinking beer, you could just drink water. But, Especially depending on the beer. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, <laughs> there is some beer-flavored water out there. Yeah. Okay, back to the article. For beer, the biggest ingredient is water. When you drink an 8% alcohol beer, 92% of what you actually drink is water. And that means water from the ground beneath their brewery in Copperstown. Banamni Gang is worried that fracking could pollute that water. And as the company's CEO told the NBC, quote, accidents are happening. Places are getting polluted. And if that happens in New York, no more beer. <laughs> and here's how Bennett p- put it. If fracking comes to New York, our brewery won't put our customers at risk. We three see three options. Option one, truck in water from a safe watershed. But that will be expensive. And if fracking comes to New York, it's not clear where the safe watershed would be. 
Option number two, relocate. We love upstate New York, it's our home, but making good beer requires clean water. And we owe it to our customers to ensure that the beer they drink is safe. Option number three, close down. Now, they're not the only brewery worried about this. Brooklyn Brewery, also a good beer, is upset too. But some dairy farmers in the area do believe that fracking can go forward without screwing up the water supply. So apparently we have a choice here, milk or beer, which is clearly not a choice at all. And there's always soy milk. There's no replacement for beer. <laughs> yeah. Now, some of that fracking water I've seen looks like beer. <laughs> so they could just, you know, the fracking companies could just bottle it as beer. Yeah, I'll just be like, hey, you know, this is beer. You know, it, ta- it tastes, <laughs> you know, if they, fr- you know, beer used to be sold warm. Yeah. And then they started, um, what do you call it? Serving it in aluminum cans, and it would start getting the taste of the aluminum. Yeah, so they made it cold. So they made it cold, so you don't have so much of a taste. So that's what the fracking companies—they could just sell it at you know thirty-three degrees. Yeah, <laughs> and you wouldn't taste the chemicals. Yeah, you'll never know. <laughs> it's just you know what the frack beer. <laughs> what the frack beer? <laughs> I think I've just started a whole new company. I think so. All right, let's do it. Yeah. Who's got my back? <laughs> Who's got some money? Yeah. Let's open it up. Yeah, well, that's one of those carbon risks kicking in. You know, how, like, the energy market can be affected by the risks created by the energy market. You know, all of these fossil fuel consumptions seems like a good investment at the time, but then maybe not if it's, if everyone's going to be against it. It's like, I mean, the truth is, is if you invest in stuff that have short-term high risk, it's probably polluting or killing somebody. Yeah. I mean, because that's how it's making the money. It's those externalities. And you're taking a gamble like, am I going to get all my money before I get caught? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So Yeah. Sorry. All right. So in other news, I yeah, I saw this, this story that this one's talking about. So this is funny. Outgoing energy secretary denies lurid allegations from prominent news outlets. Prominent? <laughs> yes. Prominent and entertaining news outlet. Oh, okay. You're talking <laughs> about The Onion, right? Yes. Oh, okay. I was just like, prominent? They are prominent. Yeah, they are prominent. That's I was just saying the other night, that's where I get some of my news is The Onion, you know. It's like Just like I get some from, you know, Daily Show, Colbert Report. But when I don't watch those, I get it from The Onion. <laughs> and so uh, in news from The Onion, uh, The Onion newspaper dropped a bombshell. Sources have reported that following a long night of carousing at a series of D.C. watering holes, Energy Secretary Stephen Chu awoke Thursday morning to find himself sleeping next to a giant solar panel he met the previous evening. <laughs> so, yeah, the Onion article is funny. It's just all about his, his affair with a solar panel and how he's so em- embarrassed and he's going to have to leave now. <laughs> so you're not going to go into details? Uh, it, I don't know. Is it too much of a secret? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we want to go into lurid details. I mean, the man is a respected political figure. We don't necessarily need to... Drag his name through the mud with all the details of his uh, his lurid affair with a solar panel. I mean, literally, this was like the week after he announced that he was resigning. Yeah. So maybe it, this was the reason, and yeah. it came out. Now he, the funny thing is, is he actually got on his official Facebook page <laughs> to talk about the onion. Article. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I thought that was really good and really clever of him too. You know, <laughs> he was just like, um. He wanted to quelch rumors that his toward affair with the solar panel was what prompted his exit. Yeah. <laughs> and it did. It gave him an opportunity to talk about what actually did uh, prompt his exit, too. Which, you know, basically people fighting against renewable energy and people claiming that climate change isn't happening. I actually want to write, read what he wrote on his uh, 
I just want everyone to know that my decision not to serve a second term as energy secretary has absolutely nothing to do with the allegation made in this week's edition of The Onion. While I'm not going to confirm or deny the charges specifically, I will say that clean, renewable solar power is a growing source of U.S. jobs and becoming more and more affordable. So it's not a surprise that lots of Americans are falling in love with solar. Yeah. (laughs) And then the end of this article says... Calls to the solar panel were not returned. Yeah. <laughs> Just like trying to get the other side of the story. Yeah, the solar panel wants some privacy, you know, but the outgoing energy secretary was glad to sing the praises of solar one more time on his way out. Yeah, so <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So I mean, just imagine being in that position where, you know, your job is to work on energy issues and people are saying you shouldn't be doing solar. I mean, that's it's just ridiculous. We live in ridiculous times. Solar is the way, the way to go with energy. Well, um, this is at, was set up later, but I'll segue into this because we're talking about solar. Germany has more solar power because <laughs> everyone wins. Suddenly everyone knows that Germany's solar power dominance because Fox News heads, well, they made an ass of themselves suggesting that the country is a sunny tropical paradise. Yeah. <laughs> what? I've watched the video clip of this. It's funny, too. Now, most media folks have figured out that there are some monster differences in policy, but then latch on to Germany's pay a lot extra. Now, Germany's doing are perf- perfectly happy to pay extra, but that's not the whole story. The real reason Germany dominates in solar and wind is its commitment to democratizing energy. Half of the country's renewable energy is owned by ordinary Germany Germans because that wonky-sounding feeding tariff often caused known as a clean contract program in America makes it ridiculously simple and safe for people to park their money in generating solar energy on the roof instead of making pennies on interest in a bank. Hmm. And it also makes the country's energy change movement politically bulletproof. Now, you know, Germans are not tree-hugging wackos giving up double mochas for wind turbines. Hmm. They are investing by the tens of thousands in a clean energy future that is putting money back in their pockets and has actually created over 300,000 new jobs under last count. Yeah. So, and their policy, policy actually makes solar cost half as much to install as it does in America where the free market's red tape doesn't compete with their socialist efficiency. <laughs> so um, Fox News's gaffe about sunshine helps other paper over the real tragedy of American energy policy. In a country founded on the concept of self-reliance, remember that thing called the Tea Party? Yeah. <laughs> we finance clean energy with tax credits that make wind and solar reliant on Wall Street instead of Main Street. We're actually making it so that ordinary citizen has to give up their rights to the energy. It's like the big shots own the big energy, and, you know, that's how they want it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we make clean energy a complicated alternative to energy as usual, while the cloudy, windless Germans made the energy system of the future by making it stupidly simple and financially rewarding. 
Now I'm all for pounding the faceless fools of Fox. <laughs> faceless fools of Fox. Um, but let's learn the real secret to German energy engineer and start making a democratic energy in America. Yeah. So <laughs> this is from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. John Farrell wrote that article. Yeah. It's definitely possible if we just make some shifts. It's like, well, I mean, um, Obama's State of the Union said we have to reduce our energy use by 50%. Hmm. So, I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, Germans were notoriously very energy efficient. I mean, they use definitely um, less than 50% per person than we do in the U.S. Yeah. So, I mean, if we did that... Um, we would definitely be on the road to, you know, becoming energy independent. Yeah, and that's one of those steps right there that is an obvious choice because it decreases your bill and it saves, you know, energy for environmental reasons too. Yeah. yeah for one, I mean, energy is wasted so much coming from the power plant to your house. Yeah. Um, in the transportation system, so that if you save like one unit of energy, you're going to save. Um, a lot more of that at the power plant. Yeah. And so, you know, less pollution out, but also less energy produced. Yeah. And then if you reduce things and then have your own local source of power, like a solar or wind, you know, then that's going to reduce it even more. Yeah. And what do you call it? If you want to really reduce it, get a bicycle and pedal. And <laughs> reduce the weight and you'll reduce your energy bill too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Um, I'll probably never do that, but. <laughs> All right, let's see. Another news. Can USDA's climate reality message take root with denialist farmers? Uh, the USDA released a massive report on climate change and U.S. agriculture. The report may represent the agency's most decisive move to force farmers to face reality. The short version, climate change is real, it's here to stay, and farmers need to start adapting before the biggest effects hit. Well, this may not come as news. Excuse me, the biggest effects. Did anybody <laughs> notice what happened last summer? Well, I mean, I hate to say it, but that is not yet the biggest effects. No. <laughs> that's a, that's a, a very sobering thing to think about, though. You know, they had this, this intense drought last summer, and then the USDA is saying we must prepare for the most dire effects. Yeah. So they're saying that was not the worst. The worst is yet to come. I actually, cause I have a farm, I get the USDA, um, like crop report, and yeah. I actually just read it this morning, and it said in Illinois, um, in 2011, we had almost 2 billion bushels of corn. In 2012, it went down to uh, 1.2 billion. So, I mean, that's, you know, not quite a uh, 50% drop. Yeah. But um, it's it's been steadily going up, yeah. corn production, and then all of a sudden a drastic drop in one year, I mean, I'm surprised that anybody got any corn, yeah. how dry it was. Yeah, it was so dry. I mean, I'm wondering, you know, if they had extra watering, you know, how they how they even got any corn. Yeah, it's just like, so, all right, I distracted you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, well, that was, I mean, that was the gist of the story. The most dire effects are coming. Yeah. And, I mean, farmers as a whole, statistically, don't believe believe in climate change. They don't believe it's man-made. Yeah, like 68% in the recent survey of Iowa farmers believed that it was the climate was changing, 
but only 10% agree that it's primarily caused by human greenhouse gas emissions. And, I mean, a big part of it is, I mean, farmers do use a lot of gas. You know, they pollute a lot. I mean, they use, um, you know, artificial fertilizers that pollute and gas. But the primary reason is farmers are, you know, historically used to the weather. They're yeah. like, oh, well, you know, we're, we have to deal with the weather all the time. Yeah. So what's what's the big deal? Hmm. You know, so we'll see. Yeah. Do you think we... Illinois is the uh, number one as far as producing, or number two, I can't remember, as far as producing, um, you know, volume agriculturally. I would say probably number two after California. Mm-hmm. Um, but we export it all. Yeah. We <laughs> eat very little of what we produce in the state of Illinois. Rahm Emanuel says to Chicago, eat your effing vegetables. <laughs> They're crap. They're carrots. They're effing good for you. Hmm. Not many people would see value in a retired Chicago Transit Authority bus with half a million miles on the odometer, a slow engine, and seats bursting at the seams. But in late 2011, a group of Chicagoans looking for a way to transport groceries into their deprived neighborhood had a vision. They bought the bus for a dollar and with grant money made repairs tore out the seats, and gave it a fresh paint job and a fitting new name, Fresh Moves. Mm-hmm. Today, Fresh Moves, a nonprofit serving the city's south and west sides, has two buses in its fleet and a third coming in June. With the growing season arrives, the crates on board overflow with locally grown vegetables and fruits, and the lines of residents awaiting its arrival grow longer and longer. Now, if Mayor Rahm Emanuel has his way, Services such as fresh foods would soon take root and flourish citywide under a completely revamped food system designed to change the way Chicagoans eat. Emmanuel recently adopted $5.8 million recipe for healthy places is a comprehensive agenda seeking to curtail obesity by changing Chicago's food culture. Hmm. The Chicago dog will now be veggie. No, it doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like, I think I just said something That's, sacrilegious. Yeah. It's a long way from that. <laughs> but they may have, you know, more vegetables next to the dog. <laughs> His goal, to make fresh food available and affordable within a mile of every resident's home. Yeah. That's that, amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. And it gets back to the concept of a food desert we've talked about sometimes on here. There are places in urban areas that are considered food deserts because there's no place you can buy food within you know over a mile you know it's and if you if you're low income and you don't have your own vehicle don't have good access to public transportation that's crazy to not have food within a few miles of you i had a friend of mine posted um in connecticut you know this massive snowstorm hit last week yeah and um they posted on online and said man i'm almost out of food i um probably have to walk to whole foods <laughs> like uh, and and um we're like well how far is that and they're like oh about a mile <laughs> yeah and you know i was debating whether i should go to whole foods or trader joe's but trader joe's is like a mile and a half <laughs> yeah i'm just like okay so you in no way went and stocked up on food for this big massive storm <laughs> yeah because you knew that these two stores were right there yeah that's 
that's a concept I can never imagine. <laughs> First of all, not having food to go through a storm. And another one is having, you know, a really good place within walking distance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to get good food. So that is very rare. Yeah. So, all right. Want to mention? Oh, no. I think that's it on that one. Want to mention right. any happenings while we got a oh, chance? Man. Yeah, I just <laughs> looked at the clock. Yeah. <laughs> um, today is Susan B. Anthony Day, so I thought we'd throw that out. And in the Islamic tradition, the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad. So, um, Sunday is World Human Spirit Day. All right. <laughs> that's a good day. Monday is the anniversary of the cow milked while flying. I don't know what that is, but... All right. Yeah. <laughs> Anything? Let's see. Get into the happenings. Yeah, let's get into the happenings. <laughs> At Gaia House, soul talk on Sundays. Join Rebecca for an empowering hour of enlightening your true self. Sundays at 3 p.m. at Guy House. Yeah, it's also coming up, uh, coming up next week. We have, uh, a Be the Change event. This event is the climate, the changing climate of agriculture and food. This is coming up on Tuesday, February 22nd, or excuse me, February 21st at 5.30 p.m. How will climate change impact our food supply? How do, uh, eating, our eating habits impact the future of the climate? What actions can we take to make our food system sustainable? Come discuss mitigation and adaption strategies with the geography and environmental resources faculty and students from SIU. This is sponsored by Fossil Free SIUC and the Geography Club. The Vagina Monologues, today and tomorrow, Saturday, February 15th and 16th at 7 p.m., Lawson 141 at the SIUC campus. A poignant and hilarious tour of the last frontier, the ultimate forbidden zone. The Vagina Monologues is a celebration of female sexuality in all its complexity and mystery. In this stunning phenomenon that has swept the nation, Eve Ensler gives us real women's stories of intimacy, vulnerability, and sexual self-discovery. Today and tomorrow at 7 p.m. in Lawson 141. Okay, let's see. What other happenings can we get in here? Oh, the Winter's Farmer's Market. It's coming up on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. at uh, Thomas School, 1025 North Wall Street in Carbondale. Got all sorts of veggies and other goodies there. Uh, and as part of this, um, there's the fourth annual seed swap from 10 till 12 at the Thomas School. You can bring seeds, seeds, plants, cuttings, roots, and whatever else it makes to get the garden going this year to come and swap your stuff. Yes. So. That's a special event at the Winter Farmer's Market. Yeah. And I've got a correction on the earlier event here, the Changing Climate of Agriculture and Food. That is actually on Thursday, February 21st at 5.30 p.m. over at Guy House Interfaith Center. All right. We hope to see you around town. If you would like to get our newsletter, we do have a couple newsletter extras and links to all the stuff we talked about. Email info at yourcommunityspirit.org and we will send you the newsletter with all our stuff we talked about. Of course, <laughs> the stuff we talk about, the commentary, is much better than the written part. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, if you'd like to listen to us again, go to yourcommunityspirit.org. Yes. 
In the meantime, I'm off on a trip to Washington, D.C. to go to the Ford on Climate Rally. There you go. I'm leaving in less than 24 hours. Anybody, do they still have room? Um, I've heard there's, there may be one person I know who has a seat, but uh, the, the ride I'm going with is full, but one other person may have a seat. Climate Rally. Yeah, Climate Rally. And I will be back, hopefully, <laughs> next Friday to let everyone know how it went. I plan on being back next Monday. So, <laughs> as long as no one detains me, I will be back here to tell you how it went. Why, why would they detain you? Uh, it, I don't know. It's it's a climate rally. They might just start arresting people for telling the truth. That that does happen. I I have seen a couple um, people get arrested recently. For, yeah. You know, in, in talking in mainstream news about it. I mean, so tell the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Yes, and speak truth to power. See you again on the radio next week. Yes.